Chapter 25 In the Rain You're driving too fast, Herman called out from the back seat of the Mercedes as rain pounded the windshield, making it difficult to see. This included seeing Colonel Riedel. With great fright, the driver slammed his brakes in front of the man, who was standing in the middle of the road, not far from the gates of the Pincus Synagogue. The car's tires in turn screeched, and the vehicle came to a halting stop a short distance from the man's knees. Thunder and lightning followed, exposing Riedel's face, which expressed equal measures of shock and fear though I don't think either had anything to do with the car that had almost hit him. From examining the colonel's record at the Military History Institute, not just during this war but the one before it, I can say that he wasn't a man easily frightened. Every report I read of him depicted someone whose mind remained calm, even under the most trying of times, including at Verdun but the enemy he was now facing was different from all others he had faced. It was both unknown and seemingly omnipotent, and I think fear overtook him, much like a wave out of nowhere. Recognizing the man's fear and becoming unnerved by it, Klaus reached for his door. So did Hermann, but Klaus stopped him by saying, You better wait inside for the moment. Hermann nodded, and Klaus exited the car. Though as he marched up to the colonel, Herman cracked open his window a little to hear the conversation, and he saw that Riedel looked as if he had forgotten all about his fear. Klaus saluted Riedel the moment he reached him, but the colonel didn't react to this. He didn't even seem to notice Klaus. All he noticed was Klaus's car and the man sitting in the back of it. With his hand shaking in fury, he pointed at him and growled, What's he doing here? I was going to take him back to Theresienstadt in the morning, answered Klaus, though he must have known that this wasn't an answer. But what's he doing here, Captain Riedel demanded. You've disobeyed a direct order. He's a good detective, Colonel Klaus insisted. Better than good. In a single 24-hour period, He's gotten further with this investigation than what we could do in weeks. If we really want to find out who's behind these murders and stop him before he kills again, he's our best chance. Actually, I'd say he's our only chance. Riedel thought this over. He did for a long time, with his face burning with a rancor that wouldn't diffuse. I'm not sure if even he knew whether this was more directed at Herman or at Klaus. All right, he finally blurted out. Bring the Jew out. Klaus did. Then with the rain subsiding a little, Riedel led the two along with Klaus's Mercedes and its headlights to the end of the synagogue gate. There, sitting on the ground, was a dead and very wet Captain Kleiner, who'd been shot in the right side of his head, with his face expressing a horror similar to that of the other victims. Slowly, Herman took a few steps toward the man, while noticing how muddy his uniform was. Though he wasn't sure that there was any relevance to this, as he stepped closer and noticed something else. His gun's missing, he said after pointing at Kleiner's empty holster. He then checked the man's wound. 
This took a little time, after which he concluded it looked self-inflicted. Perhaps it happened in the struggle, or perhaps he did it to himself. Why would he do it to himself, groaned Riedel. Maybe to avoid something worse, Herman explained. But he was sat just like the others, Klaus noted, while pointing at the dead man. Yes, Herman noted back. It would certainly seem that he was killed by the same man. That's just brilliant deduction, grumbled Riedel. Herman responded by turning to the colonel and asking, Were you nearby when he was killed? Are you interrogating me, Jew Riedel screeched, with his rancor overwhelming him to an even greater extent than his fear had. Forgive me, Herman muttered. You better hope I will, Riedel snapped, before turning to Klaus and saying, After you left my office this evening, Captain Kleiner began to wonder about that little theory of yours, about how the men were killed inside synagogues. He told me that he wanted to search the synagogues for evidence of Meyer's accomplices. So after getting the keys to the buildings, he went off, along with two of my men, to protect him. Later on, he called me. He sounded very excited on the phone. He said that they had seen some strange large man lurking around the Clausen synagogue and that they had followed him. They followed him to and inside this synagogue, where he seemed to disappear. I told Kleiner to stay with my men and wait for me outside, but he obviously didn't do this. Where did he get the keys from, inquired Klaus. It was my understanding that we didn't have them, that some civilian in contact with our office had a set. That civilian is a man Captain Kleiner knew named Molly, Riedel replied. He got the keys from him somehow. That's the man who pays the caretaker of the synagogues, Klaus remarked. You don't happen to know anything about him, such as his first name or where he works. I don't know him at all, Riedel contended. You mentioned that Kleiner was here with two of your men, Klaus went on. Where are they? Riedel answered by pointing down the street at a pair of Mercedes that were much like Klaus's. One was Riedel's, where sat his driver, and in the other sat two men. Those two idiots of mine were with him, Riedel told Klaus. Like I said, I sent them with Kleiner to protect him, but Kleiner instead ordered them to continue looking through the synagogue for the man. When I got here, the two told me that, while they were searching, they saw someone in the graveyard out there and chased him. They chased him through the cemetery and into the streets. But he gave them the slip. Then when they came back to the synagogue, they found Kleiner dead where he is now. This was just before I arrived. Take a look at this, Herman cried out, after searching through Kleiner's pockets and finding a gold coin, which he showed the men. What is it? Klaus asked. A ducat from 1766, Herman answered. It's very rare. Maria Theresa had it struck in commemoration of her husband's passing. So it's valuable, commented Klaus. I should say, Herman commented back as he handed the coin to Klaus. A few years ago, I saw one for sale at a store on Parzyska. It cost more than a month's salary. What would Kleiner be doing with it, Klaus wondered aloud. But he never got an answer to this, 
as something captured all their attention. The sound of stomping feet in the distance, which first passed them and then began moving away from them. You think that's what Mr. Harabo has been hearing, Klaus asked Herman. I'd say it's likely, Herman answered. My men mentioned stomping feet as well, Riedel interjected. Now what, Klaus then asked Herman. Herman responded by turning to the synagogue. He pointed at it too and said, I'd like to go inside.